very well, didn't you? Let us bow our heads for prayer. Father, not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. Lord, it's through your Holy Spirit that we are able to connect with you, with your son. But then, Lord, it is through your son that we are able to connect with you. And Father, above all, we're able to connect with the heavenly hosts because of your great love for us. Now, God, as we open up your word today on this first Sabbath of the new year, I ask God in a very special way that you would take our hearts, take our eyes, take our lips, take our limbs. Use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me in your copies to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, we want to read verses 1 through 7. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Uh, this is the first time that I'm trying to do this, but this whole month is going to be a series of sermons on faith. So today is Walking by Faith, part one. Next Sabbath, Walking by Faith, part two. Walking by Faith, part three, and then Walking by Faith, part four. So today, as we begin our walk in faith, I pray that you will be blessed by the word of God. I can't believe I have my phone on. Bible says, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, thy servant, my husband, is what? And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. I don't know about you all, but I've received a phone call or two from some bill collectors. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all of those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So when she went from him, and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. She poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said, mama, there are no more vessels. And the oil stopped flowing. Then she came with a praise report and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. If we were to look at a sermon title today, Overwhelmed by the Overflow. Many of us have gone through this thing called problem with finances. Maybe some of you all were born with the proverbial spoon, silver spoon in your mouth. And as I heard this morning, one parent share with me that their child share with them, Daddy, I don't have any problems because you and Mommy take care of all my stuff. 
And I couldn't help but remark, I wonder if that's how my children feel. Because sometimes we do our very best as parents to ensure that our children have no lack. But let me share something with you. Having sometimes nothing could sometimes be your greatest blessing. There are times when you have too much that God cannot give you what you need. And it is in those times that we find ourselves not really truly needing God because we say, I have enough food. I have enough money in the bank. I have enough of everything that I need. Why do I need this entity, this individual, this proverbial person that is invisible? Why do I need someone when I have everything that I need? But let me share something with you. If you did not have the mind to think, eyes to see, hands to move, feet to walk, blood that flows, hearts that beat, electricity that runs through the brain, How many of y'all know what it's like to almost lose your eyesight and yet God in his magnificent mercy allows you to still see? See, we got to understand that we have everything that we need, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. The Bible says that a certain woman, and you always know that whenever it says a certain something, certain something is about to happen. The Bible declares that a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets came and said to Elijah, Elijah, your servant, can you imagine? Her husband had died. He did not leave a life insurance policy. He counted on the church to take care of his family. Side note, please, if you don't have a life insurance policy, please get one. Amen. Because it is difficult today to bury a loved one. Now, I've already told my wife, I have a durable power of attorney. And I am going to get cremated when I go off into the dust. Now, some of y'all may not like the idea of being cremated, but I love the idea. The Bible says, from dust thou came, from dust you're going to return. I'm just speeding up the process. Amen. But the purpose of life insurance, as my mother-in-law and I were talking just the other day, it is not to put me in the ground. It is not to give me a casket. It's not to allow me to ride in the hearse or, or the limousines. It is to allow my family to live on after I've left this place. But this woman comes and she has a problem. Number one, she is destitute. She's desperate, and she needs something to happen. Why? The Bible tells us that. She says, my husband died, and now the creditors are calling my house. They're changing up the numbers, and they're still calling me. They call me from one number in Cartersville, Georgia, and the next day they call me from a number in Douglasville. And then after that, they call me from Loganville and then Lawrenceville. I don't know what ville they're calling me from tomorrow, but all I know is that I got a problem and I need some help. But it's interesting, instead of answering her 
directly. Elisha asks the question, lady, what can I do for you? But instead of waiting for an answer because she couldn't answer him, maybe she thought, Elisha, maybe if you could go and pass around the hat and take up an offering, maybe I might be able to pay off some of my debt. But Elisha was not finished with her. As he goes down in verse 2, go to verse 2, the Bible says that, uh, uh, he says, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what have you got in the house? Saints, so many of us have everything we need in our own house. We're too busy looking in somebody else's house to get the blessing that God has already promised in my house. Uh, What do you mean, preacher? I mean it this way that Too often we are looking for love all in the wrong places. Are y'all with me? Follow me here. See, my wife and I have celebrated 29 years. Thank God. My wife gives me everything that I need and then some. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I have no need to look further than the one that I betrothed myself to December 16th, 1990. I don't need to go and find another woman if my heart and my mind is in the right place to get what I need in the house. Ladies, you don't need another man. Yes, he may come in looking good. Yes, he may be smelling good. Yes, he may drive up in a nice car, but you don't realize he's driving on empty. And he's looking for somebody to cash app him or chime him or zell him a little bit of money. And what he does, he comes in and he's smooth and he sells you that. Hey, 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 you're the best looking thing I ever see. Can I borrow? You got everything you need in the house. You don't need to look beyond the house to see the blessings that you need. Elisha asked the woman the question, what do you have in the house? Now notice what the word of God says. She says, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save some oil. How many of you all know that whatever you got is all that God needs? (laughs) You don't have to be the greatest speaker. You don't have to have the greatest degrees. All you have to do is just have a little bit of oil and God will work miracles in your life. Uh, What what I want to get to is this, that that, that when this woman finally said, Elisha, all I got is this. Elisha was telling her, all you got, that's all you need. All you need is just a little bit of oil and God is going to do the rest for you. So he goes on and he gives her the direction. Where are my two sons? Come on, my, where's my two sons? Justin. Come on, Justin. And where's your brother? Where, where's he at? I don't see him. Ain't that like your children? You look for one, you can't find him. Then you look for the other. Oh, there's my other son right there. And so the, the mother calls him together after she was given the instruction by the prophet and she calls her sons together and she says to her sons sons the prophet of God said 
to go and get some pots. Now, I'm not real sure what he is intending to do with these pots. But what I need you to do, go to all your neighbors and get the pots. And so she sends them on out to get the pots. You know you got the pots. Neighbors, if you got the pots, give the pots to my sons. Are y'all with me? Number one we have to look at is that the very fact of her sending her sons to go get pots is an act of faith. You see, God does not operate under conventional wisdom. You see, the idea would be go to the bank and get a loan. But isn't it funny? The woman is broke, but God tells her to go borrow. See, when I tell myself to go to the bank and try to get money, I may get turned down. But when God gives you the direction, you can walk in faith that when you get there, the check is going to be ready sooner or later. And so they gather all of the pots. And then she says, put them down on the floor, spread them out. And then come on over here. You don't have to put them all over there, son, because we got so much over here. Put some over there, please. And so what happened was that she goes back. Now, I need you to go with me here. Go down to verse three. Follow me in the word. The word of God says it this way. Then he said, what? Go and what? The vessels abroad of all of thy what? Now, can you imagine what the neighbors would say? You know, the neighbors I used to have when we were younger, my mother would say, go there and ask them for an egg and a cup of sugar. And I'll go over there and I'll say, Miss So-and-so, my mother said, could she have a cup of sugar and an egg? And the thing that I love so much about that was because every time we would go ask, they said, well, wait right here. They never really let you in the house, did they? But you waited right there on the front porch. And then they would come out and they would hand you an egg and a cup of sugar. And my mother and then my mother said, now make sure you tell them thank you. And every time somebody came to the house and they said, my mother said, could I get a cup of sugar and an egg? We were more than pleased to do it because when you know that you have been blessed, it's easy to be a blessing to somebody else. <laughs> Verse four, go down to verse four. And the one is, he said, don't borrow, he said, don't borrow a little bit. And then when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy who? And shall pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Let me share something with you. Don't go anywhere, sons. When God is about to bless you, you got to learn to shut the door on your doubters. Y'all remember when Jairus came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, my daughter is at the point of death. Would you please come to the house and, and, and save her? And along the way, some crazy woman who had an issue of blood stopped Jesus. And Jesus did all of that. And then at the conclusion, they came and said, Jairus, bother the master no more for your daughter is dead. His head falls, but Jesus said to Jairus, only believe. But when he got there, you got, now follow, follow me, folks. Sometimes you're going to have folk in your faith experience that's going to cry and cause you to doubt that God can do the impossible. 
So when all of these professional mourners were around him and they were crying and Jesus said, why y'all crying? The damsel is only asleep. It amazed me how they went from crying to laughing just like that. But notice what Jesus said. Peter, James, and John, y'all come in with me. He told the parents, shut the door. Watch this. If Jesus had shut the door, they would not have realized their miracle the way they realized it. It takes your act of faith of shutting the door on folk who you'll need in your life so that you can get where God needs you to be. Too many of us have got our doors open for the same old mess, the same old people, the same old drama, the same old stuff. And you keep the matter of fact, some of y'all have given a key to those folk or those issues and they can come in at will. You've got to shut the door so that you can get your blessing. Verse 5, go to verse 5. And notice what it says. So she went from him and did what? See, when God gives you specific commands, you do what God said do. God told me to walk around Jericho for seven days and don't say a word. God told Isaiah to walk around three years naked. Oh, read your Bible. Read your Bible. That's why it always amazes me folk want to run around and call themselves prophets today. You got to be careful of all these folk coming around you with all these titles. I'm minister that, I'm minister this, and I'm this, that, and the other. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. Are y'all with me on that? But what I want to talk to you today about is about faith. Crazy, stupid, impossible faith. When Elisha asked her, what do you have in the house? She says, I have nothing but this oil. See, in her mind, she was like, what good is oil if you're not going to give me what I need? And Elisha told her, what you got is all you need. And so she got that little bottle of oil. And with faith in her action, with prayer on her lip, the Bible says she began to pour. And then she looked at what she had and looked at what she was getting. For you understand, the empty pot represents my lack. But the oil represents God's fulfilling my lack. So the more you pour, the more God is saying, I'm able to fulfill the capacity of your need as long as you continue to pour in faith. Many of us do not realize God's blessing is because we go and we get three pots. Now watch this. This is a one size pot. That's another size pot. This is one size pot. Where are my other pots? These are about the same size pots. They look like a walk. Watch this. As she began to pour, each pot began to fill. Each pot 
began to overflow. Watch this. You've got to learn to pour out yourself so God can fill you with what he needs. You see, beyond the pot, the pot represents you and I. And when we need to be filled, we cannot be filled if we got a whole bunch of other junk in us. Well, where are you going with that, preacher? I'm going with this. Notice, if I constantly fill myself with the world, there's no way I can fill myself with the Holy Spirit of God. Watch this. I cannot do this and then expect God to do that. If this woman had only told her sons, go and get five pots, she never would have realized a miracle. But watch this. Beyond what she was seeing, her two boys were watching. Parents, parents, your children get the idea of faith by your lifestyle. When you sit back and see your child leave the church talking about the church has nothing for me and you're telling us and saying to the pastor, I don't get nothing out of the church. It's because you're full with other stuff and your other stuff cannot allow God in. But more importantly, your children are not being filled. So beyond the woman getting stuff so that her debts could be paid, she was a living witness to her children that you can trust in the word of God. Go to verse 6 for me. Go to verse 6. Notice, and she poured out, and it came. Now watch this. Let me stop right there. Folks, when you're going through your situation, you've got to go into your prayer closet. And you got to pour yourself out to God. Well, pastor, I prayed about this and I prayed about that and God has not answered my prayer. Hold on. The first thing that you were able to do, you were already blessed. What do you mean? God allowed you to come into his presence. So watch this. David tells me that when I come into his presence, I need to come in with joy and thanksgiving. Amen. Psalm 100 says it how? Enter into the gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into the courts with what? Praise. Be thankful unto him and what? Bless his name. For the Lord, his truth, and his mercy last forever. The problem is that, watch this, we go to God with the problem instead of going to God with praise. Are y'all with me? In my prayer life, I have to begin by saying, God, thank you for saving a wretch like me. God, thank you for tapping me this morning and my eyes fluttered. God, thank you that the blood is still running warm in my veins. God, thank you that I'm still in my right mind. God, thank you that I have some pain, but I'm not in all pain. God, thank you that somebody doesn't have feet, but I got shoes to put on my feet. God, thank you somebody is blind, but today I still see. Thank you, Lord. Today, I just want to say thank you. And sometimes, folk, and I'm not trying to put myself out like I'm all that, but there are days all I got is thank you, thank you, thank you. I wake up in the morning, I'm in a bed, thank you. 
I put my feet on the floor, there's carpet. Thank you. I'm able to go downstairs and open up the refrigerator. And even if I see one egg and a cup of sugar, thank you. <laughs> Woo! And it came to pass when the vessels were full. And you have to understand this. The more they filled the pots, the stronger their faith became. The more they filled the pots, the more stronger their faith became. And then she said unto her son, watch this, Paul, bring me some more. And they're like, mama, mama, we ain't got no more. By this time, I'm sure those sons were trying to find any pots. Did you talk to Miss Mamie? Yes. Did you talk to Miss Lucille? Yes. Did you talk to Mr. Chris? Yes. Did you talk to the Sterlings? Yes. Did you, did, you, did you talk to Lorenzo? Yes. I got every pot, mama. I don't have any more. There's no more. Even the creditor, we got pots from them. <laughs> For you see, back in those days, if you owed and you didn't have the money, they could come and claim somebody in your house to work off that debt as an indentured servant until the debt was paid, usually about seven years. That's why if you have bad credit and it's on your credit report, it drops off after seven years. That's not a man-made thing. That is a God thing. Just so you, so you don't, you know, just in case you're wondering. Side note, you know most of the laws in the world around the world are based on the Bible? Go and look at the very basic laws that every country has, and it's based on God's word. And with respect to everybody else, it's not based on the Quran. It's not based on the writings in the Hindu or the Zoroastrians or any of that. It's based on the Bible. And that is in predominantly Muslim countries too. Just so you'll know. In case you were wondering. Amen. There's no more, Mama. And the Bible says the oil stayed. But let me share something with you. If this woman had went and even said, Lord, before you stop the blessing, I want to, I want to make some more pots. I believe that God would have put the oil on home. Let her make more pots or even go to another town and get more pots and fill them up. Go down to verse seven. Notice what the Bible then says. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, what? Go sell the oil and pay thy debt. Let me share some with you. Thank you, sons. Desperation will cause you to do desperate things. And desperation is not always bad. Because desperation can often lead to your anointing. Do y'all remember somebody by the name of Bartimaeus? Who was standing on the corner begging for money. And then when they told him, be quiet because Jesus is coming by. And the Bible tells me that when Bartimaeus heard it was Jesus, the Bible says he began shouting, Jesus! Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. 
And then, you know, the real Christians came and told him, that's not how we do in polite company. That is Jesus over there. And the more they said, shut up, the louder that rascal got. And what I'm saying to somebody here today, you've got to be desperate enough to do what God says do, even if it makes no sense to anybody else, God wants you to do desperate. And when we are desperate for God's blessings, God rewards us. For the Bible says, he said to Bartimaeus, what do you want for me to do? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he said, be it unto you as your faith. See, the reason some of us don't get it, and you know, I know you'll say, Pastor, I'm exhibiting all the faith I can exhibit. Okay, fine, but watch this. Do you have faith enough that even if you don't pray about it again, God still go handle it? Now, I know some of us say, you know, you keep on asking, you keep on knocking, and I have nothing wrong with that. But there are times I told God what the issue is, and I told God this, Lord, I told you already, I ain't talking to you again. Now, y'all may say I'm saying in a disrespectful way, but I'm not. You see, you got to understand, that's my daddy. You see, I know my children sometimes say crazy things to me. Well, daddy, da-da-da-da, I know they're not mean-spirited by it. They're just stating a fact. And if I have been blessed by my father before, why can't I go and say, daddy, now you know I need X, Y, and Z. I need you to help me out. You know, when I had the car accident, I'm up there talking about, man, I need another car. My wife's talking about, well, son, we, are, we, have a, we already have a car. We'll make do. And I'm like, no, baby, because there might come a time when you're going to need the car and I'm going to need the car and, and, and there's going to be a clash of schedules here. And I really want my, she said, we will make do until God blesses us. Let me share with y'all what I received from that. Shut up. Shut up and thank God for what you got. Stop worrying about the Bentley. You don't need a Bentley. Stop worrying about things you don't need. Whatever's in somebody else's house, don't worry about it. Focus on what's in your house. Are y'all with me on that? Little girl went to the candy, went to the store with her mom and you know, way back in the day, they used to have a jar of candy on, on the counter. And see, some of y'all newfangled folks, they don't do that anymore, right? They stingy. I don't know what the problem is, right? Publix give little kids cookies, but I'm mad about that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I take my granddaughter to Publix. We go over there by the deli, and they'll say, do you want a cookie? And I'm like, yes. And they're looking at me like, no, we're not talking to you. We're talking to the baby. And I'm saying, well, I'm a baby because I was my mama's baby. I was my daddy's baby. I may, I'm a big baby, but I still like cookies. <laughs> See what I'm saying, T? You know what I mean? I, and they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm sitting up there like, well, why can't I get a cookie? they like, you can get a cookie. But for $4.59, I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> and so the little girl standing there after the mother had made the transaction. And then the mom was like, the, the man said, do you want any candy? And the little girl looked up and smiled. And she shook her head. She said, no. He said, oh, that's fine. And he reached into the jar. Go ahead and give me some going home music on this right here. You help me preach this one, y'all. He put his hand in the jar. And then he gave the little girl the candy. As they were walking down the street, the mother asked her, baby, when the man asked you if you wanted candy, why was it that you told him no? Watch this, Judith. She said, mama, 
because his hand is bigger than mine. (laughs) What I'm trying to tell somebody here today, you don't need to reach into the candy jar. Let your father, which is in heaven, reach into the candy jar because his hand is bigger than my hand. His ways are not my ways, neither his thought my thoughts, but he did tell me, I know the plans that I have for you. I know what I want to do for you. When it's all said and done, folk, pour yourself out for God. And when it's all said and done, just remember, he's got the biggest hands. And because he's got big hands, he can bless you real big. We got to learn to walk in faith. As the Bible says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, for faith is the evidence of things seen and the substance of things that we hope for. In other words, faith tells me, like Martin Luther King Jr. said, that it's putting your foot on the bottom step, not even seeing the top. In other words, I activate my faith by believing what I don't see, but understanding that God's divine deliverance is going to bring it to fruition for my good. Some of y'all are dealing with some stuff right now. You're about to lose something, or I don't know, you're about to lose your mind, you're about to lose a car, you're about to lose a house, you may have lost a job, but let me share something with you. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever comes God must believe that he is. Who is he? He is a rewarder of those who diligently and earnestly Seek him. You know the reason some of us don't get what we want? It's because we're too content with where we are. You see, my lack should drive me to do more. I don't think you got that. So let me see if I can say it another way. What you don't have should sometimes drive you to get what you need. Are y'all with me so far? Okay, let me see if I can break this thing down again. What I desperately desire, if I'm not up doing faith moves, I will always say, I wish I had. God has already given so many of us the clear path. But like Gideon, we are still asking for a sign. Lord, would you please make the ground wet and the fleece dry? Then God does that. We wake up in the morning and the ground is wet and the fleece is dry. But then we're like, Lord, 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 I I, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. But then, Lord, um, would you make the fleece wet and the ground dry? Then we get that and we still are like, "Mm." but then if you go and read the story of Gideon, you'll find that God told Gideon, even after he had gotten everything down to the 300 men and already told Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to use you and these men to deliver Israel. He said to Gideon, take your general and I want you to go down to the enemy's camp. And there they overheard two of the sentries talking and they were talking about, one said, I had a dream. Another the guy, you know, it's boring, night, nothing really happening. Well, what's your dream about? Man, I dreamt that a loaf of bread rolled into the camp. 
and knocked down all the tents. And the other guy responded, oh my goodness. The other dude was like, what? He said, there's nothing more than Gideon. He's going to destroy us. It's interesting that sometimes God has to take you to your enemy to confirm and affirm his word he already spoke to you way back when. But thank God he never gives up on us. He still says, I got you, but I need you to have faith in me. Yeah, I wish there were things different in my life. I wish I could do some things over. But my Bible tells me this way. He says, if we would just turn from our ways and pray and seek his face, he will hear from heaven, he will heal my lands, and he will restore me. Saints of God, it is 2020. And some of you all are still hanging on to stuff that happened to you 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, and yet you're declaring you are still not healed. The reason some of you are not healed is because you chose to not be healed. God says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest to your soul. Stop expecting an apology from folk who ain't going to apologize. You better apologize for them and walk on in faith. You better go up and say, in the mirror, Carter, I'm sorry. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And walk on. Because too many saints of God are still walking in memories that have caused their faith to not be as good as it could be. This woman had every right to complain about her husband not doing the right thing, but she went to God. And even though Elisha, whose name means God is my salvation, came to her, she wasn't coming to the man. She was coming to the man behind the man. See, you got to stop looking at other folk, the pastor and everybody else, as who's going to help you get to God. You've got to go to the man behind the man and say, Lord, here I stand. Would you please fulfill all my needs? But get this. The Bible says it this way. God is going to give you what you need. Stop expecting God to give you what he gave me. Y'all with me on that? You see, because, you know, I've always wanted a big house. But now, I want a a two-room bungalow, Elder. My knees are old. And I don't care how good and healthy you are, your knees are going to get old. I go to the steps of my house and I man I look I look and I say in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and thank God there's a thing called a rail because there are times that I get up there 
And Sister Stanberry, I, I feel myself kind of wobbly. So I grab onto the rail and I pull myself on up. When I get to the top of the steps, I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> then they're like, you okay? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But let me share something with you. As we're walking on this step called life, thank God that there's a rail called Jesus. Because yeah. when I get tired, I can always grab the rail. And the rail will help me get to where I need to go because I have faith that my Lord is going to see me through. I need to let you on out of here, folk. Here's the deal. Exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. You know, and let me share it this way. I shared this with someone. I've been thinking about this, right? But, you know, every year we come up with these New Year's resolutions, right? Can we dispense with the resolutions? Because, you know, I'm not going to eat sweets. You know, I ain't going to lie to myself. (laughs) I'm going to eat me some sweets. I just don't need to engorge on a whole bunch. Y'all with me? So I'm no longer looking for New Year's resolutions. I'm focused on godly solutions. And the first step to achieving a godly solution is to have faith in the God that has solutions. And so, folk, as we move together, as we move together, as we move, repeat after me, as we move, it's not about position. It's not about title. It's about simply us walking and working together for the kingdom of our God. And when it's all said and done, I want to be able to say, Lord, I've been faithful. Because I'm going to declare like Paul, I fought the good fight. Notice, watch this. I have finished my course. So y'all skip that a lot of times. See, Paul is making that thing very personal. I fought the good fight. I finished my course. You've got to finish your course. But now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness that the Lord himself will give me in that day. But not only me, but those who love his appearing. There's a whole lot in that text. You've got to finish your course. You've got to have your faith. You've got to do your part. Because if God has gifted you and he has gifted all of us, it is time for us to stop taking advantage of God. Some of y'all know you're taking advantage of God. Some of us know we're taking advantage of God. Well, I don't want that, you know, that's for y'all. That's okay. You can say that's for me all you want, but at the end of the day, God is coming back. And he's coming back for those who are ready for him. Now, with respect to everybody, if you're not ready, you ain't going to be able to have a chance to get ready. There's no thousand years of peace. There's no time where we're going to have a thousand years. Everybody, if you don't go to heaven the first time, if you're not raptured, 
you know, God bless Dr. Tony Evans. I like listening to him, but he was preaching a sermon that was way off, in my opinion, theologically, that, you know, we're going to be raptured, and then those who don't make it are going to have a thousand years to get it together. I'm like, he didn't, re- he, he didn't read the same Bible I read, because my Bible tells me when God returns, he's bringing his reward with him. There's no thing called the rapture, because this rapture is a secret thing. You know, they... T- I'm going to have to preach about that one day. You know, two in the field, one would be taking the other left. Two on the rooftop, one would look, you know, all that stuff. I'm going to preach about that, all right? But saints of God, move forward today in faith. You and God need to go and get into your, little, your prayer closet today. Get into your corner. Go get in the car. As Elder Mean pointed out in Sabbath school this morning, he said, you don't have to kneel to pray. You could be driving and praying. But... I think part of your prayer needs to say, Lord, my faith needs to be increased. And so, Lord, just like the woman poured out, I'm pouring out myself to you. And Lord, whatever is in me that needs to be poured out, amen. Lord, you know, I I still got a partying spirit in me. You need to pour it out. Lord, I still have, you know, um, I still like to mess with that weed. Pour it out. Lord, I still like to engage in a whole lot of good gossip. Pour it out. I still like to to complain about what the church isn't or isn't doing. Pour it out. Lord, um, I just need to pour me out. Because when we pour ourselves out, God in the end has an empty vessel that he can now fill with his spirit. And when God fills us, you better hold on. Because the ride is going to be something. If there's anyone here today that needs to just give your life over to God, see me after service today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much. Father, we are overwhelmed by the overflow. And Lord, these pots may represent what that woman did, but God, these pots today represent our lives. So, Father, would you take your oil, your Holy Spirit? Would you just take us and, Lord, help us recognize that we need to empty us of ourselves. And then fill us. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. Lord, that's what we need today. In Jesus' name, amen.